This is Dora here. Um, hi, everyone. A very, very warm welcome to uh, Caroline, uh, who's joining us as our guest today on the Step Zero podcast. And we couldn't be actually more excited to have you on board. Um, Caroline and I have a, a longstanding working relationship together. And I cannot tell you how happy we were and I was when she actually said that she considers joining us on, on this journey. Uh, I want to take a little bit of introduction and introduce uh, her to our, our audience, but also then give her the word as well so that she can also explain us who she is, where she comes from. And she's an exceptionally unique individual and expert who has a PhD in neuroscience, which for me was the biggest thing ever. <laughs> and she also is very active in, in psychotherapy. She has her own uh, company focusing on coaching and psychotherapeutic uh, uh, measures with, with individuals and companies as well. So we're very excited to hear her expertise in, in, uh, when it comes to mental health in the workplace. And I would love to actually give the, the platform to her as well to introduce herself and, and tell, tell you guys as well who she is and what she does and how she can actually help us and guide us through this journey of Step Zero and mental health in the workplace. Thank you so much, Dora. Thank you for this nice introduction. Hello, everybody. It's so nice to share this platform with all, all you guys. So let me just tell a little bit about myself. As uh, Dora said, I am a neuroscientist. So this is my background. So I am a very analytical person. So my approach is actually to understand the psychology behind things, also the psychology behind complex structures, because a person or a human being is a very complex structure, especially the psychology. So um, I like to understand what is the, the structure behind our interaction patterns. So why do we do the things we do? How do these interaction between two people work in a team work in a whole company work? So um, when we approach topics like business or um, uh, relationships work-wise, it is very interesting to see why two people or a company or whole, whole project team has actually the same interest, the same aim, but there will be these personal issues that come in between and make the whole context or the whole situation difficult. Yes. So I'm very focusing on that and trying to, to explain that with a with the deepest possible meaning to to other people yeah and i think that's what's so exciting for us as well because we generally have the approach of looking at organizations from a very human perspective because at the end of the day that's one of the the mottos that we have as well that the better your employees and your people are doing the better your company is going to going to do and I think that's so exciting to see that you have that scientific background coming from neuroscience, but also understanding really the individuals behind whatever is happening within the organization, looking at different aspects of leadership, of, of mental health and, and, and general psychological safety and health as well. So I think that's a very exciting combination. And that's why we're so excited to have you on board to, um, to be our guide in, in some of the topics that we're obviously not, not experts in. Now, before we get into some of the topics, I wanted to actually talk to you a little bit about your experience and approach and expertise when working with, with companies specifically. We have talked a little bit about yeah. it in our preparation, but I think it would be so interesting for us to understand what do you do or what is your approach when you go into an organization and, and look at adjustments or improvement in the workplace? Absolutely. So 
it starts like this that usually either a single client comes to me and tells me carolina what are you doing with me can you not just come into my office or do that to my whole team or to my whole company so that's usually how it sometimes starts but there are also directly contacts for example when for example, the C-level is not really on one page and they are disagreeing. So they are searching for a mediation or medi mediator to bring them on the same page or to understand why are we acting the way we are? Why do we not get together and focus on what is really important to us? So when interests are split, so they call me to ask me to find the common interest again and to put forces together and also to understand what are maybe personal issues that got in between. So sometimes the ego comes in between or interests that we don't want to speak out loudly, but they are like in the background. So the hidden things that uh, we are sometimes a bit afraid of sharing, so they um, need to come out. That's one issue. So like when, when it's like three or four people, like or a team, a very special team. The other issue is when, um, and that comes more and more, and it's really interesting to observe that, that uh, a company says, okay, um, I have a lot of employees that are younger and they're not so money-driven anymore. So they don't come and search for a workplace uh, in terms of how much money do I get, but they come because they want to grow as a person. Yes. So, so many companies right now, they, they are stuck or struck by the fact that people don't want more money or not so focused, but they're focused on value. So then they come and say, okay, we need someone to, to allow or to support the people in personal growth. So we need a coach, we need a mental health trainer. So and that's when I come into play to support and give workshops in leadership or in self-development, in motivation and um, holistic approaches, also in how to implement agile uh, methods because yeah. agile is a big topic also right now, but a lot of companies, they yeah. realize, okay, agile is only working when we actually are able to communicate with each other and are not afraid of all these frictions that come along because the frictions are the important things that we actually are looking for. Yeah. No, I think that's actually wonderful. Yeah. You touched on so many topics that I think our audience is also so interested in. Um, first of mm -hmm. all, I think the, the one point that I actually would like to ask you about is when you actually have individuals asking for your help. So what do you see from a leadership perspective, individuals reaching out to you? What, what type of leaders are those individuals that say it's time to invest in that? We understand the value that this type of approach, bringing an expert in, helping us guide us through structuring things for the better, for the changed culture, the changed individuals, changed society. Again, mm -hmm. those are so interesting topics. Um, but how does one person, one leader get there where they understand finally the value of actually investing into the mental health of their workplace? Yeah, people usually only change or start doing something out of two reasons, a big aim or a big pain. So either they experience in their company um, that something is not working as they thought it should be, but there's also... Um, a big amount of companies, especially startups, when they had some investment rounds and they um, felt like, okay, now we want to create something which is like, like holistically good and going like from the beginning into the right direction. And we do have an approach to 
call on our people and take care of them and support them and we see the whole team as a family mm -hmm. so they I, I experience like young leaders with uh, such a wonderful and great aim to to grow together also as people and they are not so like too focused on just money and product and all of that which is important and we need to focus because that's that's a sign of how valuable the work is and in terms of uh, important in the society too but uh, still it is a holistic way to approach it i have very young leaders coming to me and say okay please support us in our teams um to to help the people grow but we also have people coming oh uh, i don't know what to do anymore uh, i have no clue just come in and tell me what we should change and then and we just follow that and i think also it's it's seeking to understand i think you touched on a couple of things that were so important having that that approach of understanding what has changed because companies societies and people evolve as well but trying to understand what it is and what you can do to improve i think that really is a great sign of of, of leadership and you mentioned something that individuals right now, especially younger people who, who we also like to approach exactly because of the pressure and the, the amount of expectations that they face when coming out of their schools, universities, starting their, their jobs. You mentioned that they changed, their expectations have changed. And, and when we do our research about sustainable human resources, we, we come often to the terms of finding work that is meaningful. And you mentioned that also the different word with the value. What do you think the changes are, or what, do you, what is the reason behind these changes with the younger generation coming into working more professional environments, and what that can actually mean for the, the future of, of workplaces? Yeah, people come nowadays into the world which has all the possibilities. So we have this paradox of choice. We feel like everything is possible, everyone can connect with everybody, you just need to have an idea you just need to want it more uh, enough and it should be happening so that creates high expectations mm -hmm. so high expectations create also that, that can be challenging and, and can bring you into a thrive and actually start doing the things that are necessary to achieve this Mm -hmm. and to create an aim out of it at a plan and a roadmap and collect people and go into this direction mm -hmm. but high expectation can also create a lot of stress so um i experience young people that have big aims and um reach for the stars also in terms of okay it's not just money it's not just these little milestones it's not just about me and my life it's just it's about society mm -hmm. they reach for bigger aims and um they're not afraid to think big and that's something wonderful but mm -hmm. at the same time it correlates with this inner stress experience because when you set your level very high and you start going in that direction with the time you realize oh my god there's a lot to do and oh i did not think about doing this and learning that or if i would have just known it from the start i mean if what if people would have known from the start maybe they wouldn't have started it at the first place so it's sometimes good to go and be a little bit naive about it and just start it but what i'm one is trying to say is or explain is uh, how this stress level comes along which we are experiencing nowadays more than ever i mean when you look at the numbers of burnout and stress 
it's getting higher and higher. I think right now we are like 10 to 30% of the population, working population that experience uh, burnouts. This is a, a huge number and it affects uh, the economy. It's like 4 billion euros uh, just in Germany that um, that is in affecting the economy by for about 4 billion euros per year. So it's a huge impact and it's increasing even more because of this high paradox of possibilities that is an effect on the, the people that are working right now. And it creates this tension between what I should do and what I actually can do. Yes. And to make people or to empower people again to still maintain the path and to continue staying at, you know, uh, reaching out for the aims, but not suffering from too high expectations. Mm -hmm. That's like this borderline walk that um, as a therapist, but also as a coach, I need to look at and find a, a good balance for each individual in this point. I think it's, it's really interesting what you mentioned, and I really appreciate you also bringing in, 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 a, in a couple of things in terms of numbers, in terms of the effect, because there's more and more research about this. You see not only, you know, nonprofit organizations or, or, or uh, researchers or scientists looking into this, but also companies now trying to understand, okay, what is the effect of health and mental health specifically burnout, which is obviously a very, very big word. And, and we use that quite often to the productivity and to the bottom line of, of my organization. Before we get into that, I wanted to actually ask you, because I know we talk a lot about burnout specifically, would you mind maybe explaining this to us and to our audience specifically, what really burnout is from, from your scientific perspective, from your knowledge, how can you understand what this is, what this encompasses, and how do you know if you're being affected or if your company and your organization is potentially affecting employees from a burnout perspective? Yes. Burnout, you can divide in three phases, basically. So the first phase is when you're overly excited about a project, when you invest a lot of time, a lot of effort and energy, when you overwork hours and invest much more than you actually have. So the second phase of burnout is when you realize that you have not just um, you know, acknowledgement in doing so, because in the first phase, usually everyone is saying, oh my God, you're so efficient, you're so great, you're so good, and you get a lot of applause for that. So yeah. that keeps you going. And then with the time in the second phase, mistakes will happen because you're not balanced, um, because you just can't do what you ever what you do so far for on a on a long scale you can't run a marathon in the sprint tempo it's just not possible so after you reach these capacities or the limit of your capacities mistakes will happen um you will feel more tired you will feel more uh, unhappy about things and you won't get as much recognition as you maybe actually hoped for maybe like uh, subconsciously you hoped for a higher position or a little bit more money or that everyone would come and keep on applauding you in the level that that you used to so far mm -hmm. and this is the second phase where you feel like oh no that's frustrating then you step back and that that would be a way out of burnout then you questioned your belief sentences and um your the system how you're working and so on or you keep on doing because many people have this the sentence in their head okay I just need to do more mm -hmm. um, so when I don't get enough applause anymore or recognition then I just need to do even more of that that will bring you to a point when it becomes physical because your system your energy level runs on your hormones mm -hmm. 
So your your brain constantly um, sends out adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, and so on. So all these hormones that keep you active mm -hmm. and keep you focused and concentrated and also burn the energy to be more efficient in whatever you do. And the thing is, when you do that too much, uh, it's getting depleted. Mm -hmm. So your your glands will start to or will stop to produce yeah. and suddenly you feel deeply tired these are the moments when people can't get out of their bed any bed anymore because they physically cannot do that yeah. so this is what everyone terms that's burnout well actually that's already the third and last phase of the burnout that's the end so that's um, a lot of people don't recognize, right? They, they don't see the yeah. first parts, right? So every time when you recognize a burnout, you're, you might be too late, right? And, and that's when people need to take sick leave. They need to take time off. They need to have a couple of weeks. And it's also not just something, if I understood correctly, that you can just rest out, right? It's something that requires a little bit more individual work. Or how would, how would a, a person kind of get into this and and find a way to um, recuperate a little bit or get himself back to a more functioning uh, state. Yeah, so the two first phases are the phases where you actually can do the most. When, when the third phase already occurs, it is so much more difficult to do something as a therapist, also for the individual. So yeah. there, they, the people need to take a lo long amount of time to really rest and recover and um, to get out of these uh, thought processes, to get back into their body, basically. Mm -hmm. so, the, so here you see how important knowledge is, how important prevention is that um, people know about these first two phases because that's where they actually can do something more efficiently. And that's why it's so important to talk to companies. And that's also why so many companies are more interested to, mm -hmm. to know about that because they realize that there is a lot of things that they can find out and change to increase um, the, the, the productivity of the people by maintaining their mental health. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very interesting. And if you don't mind, because I'm, I'm going to do a little teaser here for our audience as well. We're definitely going to have some episodes that focus on not only burnout specifically, because it's such a big topic, right? We can talk hours about that, but leadership, communication, a lot of different things. But just for our, our first starting episode with, with you as our expert, would you mind maybe giving us some practical tips for the first two phases that companies or managers or people can actually do to make, to recognize, or what could potentially be just apart from the, there's a tennis table, ping pong table, or a fitness course, uh, you know, a voucher that a lot of companies do, which are amazing, but are they enough or are they the right steps when it comes to actually recognizing the mental well-being and, and the, the potential consequences of bad or, or uh, not good enough well-being of a potential employee on the longer run? Mm -hmm. So first of all, we need to understand what stress is. Mm -hmm. So stress is when your inner world does not fit to the outer world. Mm -hmm. And stress happens when you don't see enough options or just mm -hmm. one option of how to do and what to do. So stress is when you just have one option, then you go into fight or fight, flight mode. Mm -hmm. um, so the most important thing is to create more options. Mm -hmm. So 
because now we can go into all different kinds of scenarios, all different kinds of uh, situations. For example, the corona situation yes. that we are having right now, which is very present. So um, that creates a huge amount of stress because you reduce um, your options. Mm -hmm. You don't, our, our biggest aim is to connect and um, be with other people, to, to create a, mm -hmm. a sense of belonging. That's mm -hmm. our nature. That's, that's yeah. for everybody. We, we try to do that over like what kind of products do we use, how, how good I am. And, you know, so we have all kinds of techniques how to interact with the world, but our deepest wish is always this, this wish of belonging. Mm -hmm. So, so when we have now this, um, this reduced capacity to get in touch with other people, mm -hmm. there's this um, huge amount of loneliness that comes. And um, that's a huge amount of stress because the old patterns that people use, like, okay, when we're together in the workplace, um, the connection happens naturally. Yes. So now it does not have naturally, happens naturally anymore. So companies need to support their employees on that level by for example creating um a kind of tumble i don't know the english word of that actually so <laughs> but um to uh to bring people together for example having a random system to pick person a and person z and yeah. bring them together and they go uh they have to meet at place a b or c so yeah. um people that might have never talked to each other they could just randomly be picked and meet because one and ones in a certain distance and like one and a half meter distance with a certain protection, that should be fine. So they still can keep in touch, right? Mm -hmm. um, I heard of companies that um, organize coffee breaks. Mm -hmm. So what is really important in these days of uh, Corona, especially or COVID is to have your routines. Mm -hmm. So you can have work. That, that's the, that's the, most important things so um maintaining old routines for example even though you know you you're not going to leave the house still to get ready to um dress up uh to not sit in your pajamas all day long but to really get ready and present um to maintain uh, routines like cooking and even taking more care of it um in in like enjoying these routines uh, getting into detail, create new routines, like going out for jogging or every morning after you finished uh, your whole uh, toilet and bathing ceremony, um, mm -hmm. you go out for a walk. So yeah. these are important routines that I highly recommend for everybody that they can do on their own, right? What uh, companies can do is mm -hmm. they can create like morning routine evening routine so like a five minute call where you talk about whatever like but you feel like there are many people or the team is together and even though it's not really um work oriented so yes. it's not about a specific topic it's just social engagement mm -hmm. that helps a lot yeah um when we're looking at you know the, the current situation i'm very happy that you mentioned that um we see based on the conversations with our network and with our audience we realize that a lot of employees they feel that there's a, a general lack of trust from from the organization's perspective changed conditions no one really knows there's a lot of insecurity and uncertainty what can you recommend yeah. right now to to um, employers and organizations in this situation when it comes to 
creating a stronger level of trust with their employees and really just knowing that the work and that mutual trust actually gets done so that not to you know have way too much control people feel that they're losing control right now they're, they're not on top of what what their teams are doing so how can you kind of get over that and create an atmosphere where there's mutual accountability within these very very unique uh conditions that we have right now yeah um, so trust is something that has to be actively built. It just doesn't fall from the sky. So yeah. when you want uh, people to trust you, you have to act trustworthy. Yes. And how to act trustworthy is when you say A, that you do A. Mm -hmm. That you, when you say A and you can't do A, that you proactively start talking about it and that you say, well, listen guys i know that's what i said i know that's what we wanted to do we couldn't do it because so to be really really transparent um, about failure that's what a lot of companies are afraid of especially now when uh, the leader level is not 100 percent sure what to do anyways because it is a new situation there is a lot of gap of knowledge and expertise and experience um, because it has never been like that before. So um, to have a kind of inner discussion first and mm -hmm. then to know what is the agenda and um, how to bring that and communicate that outside. Mm -hmm. So in terms of communication, it is really um, important to mention that our brain works like that, that we, our attention is caught by negative statements. Mm -hmm. So um, when we want that, well, that's what we hear right now in the media, the media works like that. So you just have to mention something negative. You can be sure mm -hmm. that you have the attention of everybody. Exactly. Yes. So, um, but as a company, you want to turn that around. You want to make sure that you, the, the person you're, you're reaching out for, and you want to transport a certain information to, um, you meet this person at the most relaxed level. So you have to create a certain basement for that. And you can create that with a certain information and also um, with very positive affirmations in the beginning because they create a feeling of safety. It depends on what you want to communicate in certain situations, but when it's just about giving the people the feeling of, okay, we, we are staying in that company, we are safe, our working place is safe, our position is safe. Mm -hmm. um, so this has to be communicated in, in this way. So this is what you say in the beginning, then you transport the actual information, but when you do that, and this is a critical thing, it is very important that you put it into the, uh, the right proportion. Um, and mention um, very precisely that it is just about this moment or it's just within this range and then after it goes like this and before it always was like that. So that people don't blow it out of proportion themselves. That's why you have to container it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really, really great and practical advice for, for people to know that right now it's important to even standard things and even things that happen on a daily basis, reassure, communicate, even if it's too repetitive right now, rather do more than less. I think that's extremely important there. And Caroline, we're, we're coming a little bit to the end, towards the end of, of, our, of our podcast episode. And I wanted to have one last question, if, if you don't mind, since we're talking about the, the COVID situation and also the, the, the virus and how it changed a lot of things. Uh, a lot of people are struggling. And I know a lot of people have a hard time speaking up. Um, what would you recommend 
as a professional, as, as a psychotherapist as well, to individuals that feel that something's not right. They're growing through certain things that they haven't experienced before, um, potential episodes that they consider either anxiety or depression, whatever the label might be or how they would perceive this. What would be your recommendation to these individuals, either on a personal and work context? What should they do and what they shouldn't do? Um, in these situations right now to really make sure that they get out of it and they do what's best for them. Yeah. So it is difficult in a situation where you already feel stressed to reach out, to do the first step. But that's actually what is the necessary thing to do. We want to connect. We, want, we need uh, other people um, uh, to social engage. And when we don't have that, we experience this feeling of depression and loneliness. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is find a way out and to create an atmosphere that we feel safe to get in touch. Yeah. So usually going out, doing the first step, um, starting to talk to people, reach out for help and support is something which feels uncomfortable. Yes. And our brain and our system works like that, that usually we have the tendency to um, accept long-term uh, long stress by avoiding short-term stress. Mm -hmm. So let's, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. When I want to reach out, I want to be in touch with someone, but uh, I feel like, okay, I can't do it myself. I'm waiting until someone reaches out for me because I'm afraid I don't want to be the one who's the first and so on and so on. So I avoid this reaching out. I avoid the short-term stress that could reduce um, that I, the, my amount of depression or my, my feeling of loneliness. So our brain is estimating these two different stress types, the short-term and the long-term disproportionately. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to not be afraid of this short-term stress because then on the long run, you can create the life that you want. Yes. So since this is so complicated or threatening and fearful for many people, um, there is one technique that helps to, to learn to deal with that, which is a kind of self-calming um, method. Yes. So you can start to visualize yourself how you do it because <laughs> Our brain works like this when it's visualizing things. Um, it is nearly as if you would have actually done it. So when you put yourself in a situation and go through it and play that scene, how you comfortably sit on your chair and start talking to a friend and yeah. you, you feel that you're completely entitled to do that and you're completely uh, right to do that. Yeah. When you do that a couple of times, there are some neural networks in your in your brain that are created that will make it most probable that you will actually then do it because it feels already a little bit familiar. Yes. So these are little tricks that you can use that you're just imagining yourself doing what you're so far afraid of. Yes, I honestly am such a science junkie, if I can say that. So I, I absolutely love when you talk about the, you know, the the the, the mechanisms and what what goes on actually in your body when you do things. And I think visualization, meditation, that's another topic I think that we can really talk about. They're very, very hype, but they're also things that have a very, very strong scientific background. So I, I would love to kind of touch up on those as well in, in the coming episodes. And, and if you don't mind me repeating that, because we just talked about this to our audience as well, 
it's important that you guys reach out. If, if you feel that you're stressed, if there's something that you feel is not right, please make sure that you reach out to, to your friends, to your family. If you don't feel comfortable with that, reach out to us. We'll make sure that at the end of the episode as well, and also within the podcast, we were going to be referencing uh, Caroline's contact details as well. But we really want to encourage you to take that first step. Make sure that you start that conversation. And if you're strong enough to do that with yourself, make sure that you also reach out proactively to your friends and family. Check on them. This is really the time for that extra mile and extra investment for us to, to create that connection that we really strive and need and 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 really want to have at the moment. And there's this wonderful technique like Zoom or all these video messengers that you can use. I also completely switched to online messaging systems yes. so that you still can see each other, but you don't have to be in Berlin to reach out and search for a coach or like a, a, a mental health uh, supporter. So you can always contact me also and book like an online session directly. That's absolutely possible. And you should do that um, to, to support yourself. Yes, that, that's actually wonderful. And thank you so much for mentioning that because I think a lot of people still don't know that there is that possibility. Platforms are allowing you that uh, as well. So you don't have to wait. You can actually take that first step and, and, and get the conversation started and going what, what you really, really need. Caroline, I cannot thank you enough for our first introductory uh, conversation. I feel like we could keep going for the next couple hours as, as well. And I think humans and, and the human body and how we function is just so fascinating. It's really interesting to see how we can put that in practice and how just very, very small things uh, can, can really make a difference. So just for you guys as well for the next episodes, Caroline is definitely coming back where we're not going to keep her hidden away from you. So she's definitely <laughs> someone who we really count on to help us understand better, take small steps of action. And we took a couple uh, notes already, what we're gonna talk about, and we mentioned that burnout, communication, holistic leadership, um, looking into what, what companies might overlook when it comes to uh, creating better structures to, to manage the health and well-being of their employees, looking into uh, mental health and working moms or, or different groups. So diversity and inclusion. There's a lot of topics that we want to talk about from a mental health perspective, and we're really excited to bring those on. Nonetheless, we would like to encourage you as well to reach out to us on the, on the website as well, uh, as well as Instagram and LinkedIn, and let us know if there's any specific topics that you would like to hear about that we, we touch on and we explore a little bit more on. We'd love to get this going with you, and we all wish you a very, very safe and healthy and happy weekend. And if there's anything that we can do for you, you know where to find us. And thank you so much for your attention. Caroline, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you very much for taking the time for this. And can't wait. Thank for you so much for having me, Dora. Anytime. We can't wait for the next ones. And uh, guys, if there's any questions, uh, let us know. And thank you for joining us and tuning in on this journey of changing the perception or how mental health is being perceived in the workplace and uh, making an impact. Thank you guys and have a great day. We'll be back soon.